Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday, the 6th of April. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to pause the PowerPoint slide here, you can read the disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on the World Wide Web, wherever you are in this wonderful world of ours, you can head on over to marcustoday.com.au and read the disclaimer there. All right, well, a bit of a wobbly night in the US market, especially wobbly in tech, which had been the star of the show the previous night after uh, Elon Musk took that shareholding in Twitter. He's now got a board seat as well, so now he's added director of Twitter to his title as the world's richest man. But the Dow was very much upset by Brainard's comments from the Fed last night talking about uh, higher interest rates sooner and also more aggressive windback of the US Federal Reserve stimulus and bond buying program and getting that balance sheet back to more normal conditions. So as a result of all this, we saw the Dow fall 281 points, which was only 0.8%, so nothing really too dramatic there. But the Nasdaq fell 2.26%, 328 points to 14,204. So Nasdaq very much bearing the brunt of things last night, especially as we saw US Treasury rates heading once again on those yields higher and higher, 2.55% now for US 10-year yields. So that really put the cat amongst the pigeons in those high-priced technology stocks, which have had a pretty good bounce back recently. So we did see that big fall last night. The S&P 500, as usual, in the middle for diddle, down 1.26%, 58 points to 25, 20, uh, 45 rather, 45, 25, 4,525. The VIX index, as you would expect, and as we talked about yesterday, is that you buy insurance when the prices are low, not when your house is on fire. Uh, that uh, VIX index was up two points last night to 21, or 13.25% rally in the VIX. Uh, So don't forget, that has come down an awful, awful long way from around 36%, or 36 points rather, Um, and the trading range normally is around 16 to 22, we have seen over the last couple of years. Um, So still not at massively elevated levels, considering all the issues that are out there at the moment. But um, certainly, it's always good to buy straw hats in winter, buy insurance when you can, not when you have to. And certainly that VIX index did look a little cheaper, 18.19, given what's happening in the real world at the moment with interest rates, inflation, Ukraine, Russia, you name it, oil prices, commodity prices, you name it, it's out there at the moment. Spy futures in all this negativity showing a loss of 48 points or 0.64%. We did have a bit of a collapse yesterday after the RBA announced that uh, they removed the word patience from the statement, but did not raise rates. I was wrong on that one. I thought they might go and surprise everybody and actually show that they're on top of things. But no, they are happy to let inflation, interest rates at least, at record lows at 0.1 of a percent. This is despite the economy bouncing back pretty strongly, jobs growth, etc., doing pretty well. So the RBA could be um, 
certainly showing a lot of constraint in terms of those interest rates. Of course, the real world interest rates that the RBA sets are a factor, but not the defining factor anymore. And it's up to the banks to set their own borrowing and lending rates to the market. And that is predicated on uh, a whole different set of numbers. That's predicated on Treasury uh, yields as well. Aussie 10-year, 2.92%. So that's creeping up towards 3 There certainly will be a psychological ugh when it hits 3% for the 10 years. And certainly I'm sure more people's mortgages are already starting to push up. Property prices are coming down after the bubble that we saw in 2021. In commodities last night, we had Brent crude down 0.83 of a percent, 89 cents, 106.64. We had the oil price WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, down $1.32 or 1.28%, 101.96. US dollars a barrel and the gold price down a mere $6.50 or 0.34%, 1927.5 US dollars an ounce. Iron ore, $162.27 US per tonne, and that was up uh, 27 cents or 0.17%. In other commodities last night, we had copper down 0.26, nickel up. 0.5 0.5 still holding in and remarkably 33,520 US a ton there aluminium was up 0.49 zinc down 0.8 lead up 0.3 and ton down 0.7 of a percent in terms of mining stocks they were hit uh, relatively hard last night uh, for no apparent reason apart from the fact that they have been showing inordinate strength in the last uh, few months and have run pretty hard, especially in that lithium and rare earth space. And we did see some of that hitting yesterday, especially in the second line stocks. If you look through the uh, the winners and losers for the day, the losers were populated by some of those second line uh, lithium and rare earth stocks, the likes of Sayona, uh, ARU, um, and the like. So um, certainly uh, that was a place of... Uh, of not a nice place to be yesterday. But uh, we had Freeport down 3.6%, Alcoa down 3.5%, Tech down 5.5%, Anglo up 1.8%, Glencore up 2.3%, Vale was down 4.2%, BHP in ADR terms was down 2%, Rio down 1.1%, and Arbomile down 3.87%. So that doesn't bode particularly well for those lithium stocks again today. Here you can see the S&P 500, pretty much a one-way slide the whole way. Brainard very much setting the tone for the market with her aggressive calls. Uh, She is uh, yet to be confirmed as the vice president of the Fed, but certainly she is more hawkish than than some of the other members, apart from uh, uh, Dudley and and, and a few others. But um, certainly uh, her call for that winding back of the federal balance sheet uh, much more aggressively uh, did spook the market, push those yields up, push the tech stocks down and the S&P, which had been probably running on fumes. And the rally that we have seen in the last uh, month or so had been uh, on somewhat lower volume. So it had been running on a little bit of fumes, something that we pointed out with the uh, the Roadrunner and the Wiley Coyote um, graphic a couple of days ago. But anyway, as far as uh, US stocks go, the tech sector in the US, we had Apple down 1.9, Meta down 0.9, Google down 1.7, Microsoft down 1.3, Amazon 2.5, Tesla 
now that Zilong's got a new gig. Uh, they were down 4.7, Netflix down 2.9. US banks, which are first cabs off the rank next week in reporting season. Uh, JP Morgan down 1.2. Citigroup was one of the worst, down 2.3%. Block, the artist formerly known as Square, volatility continues to the max, down 6.4%. Don't forget as well that Block has a big uh, Bitcoin exposure as well. And we saw Bitcoin back down to 45,904 US dollars, a fun token there. So, um, and the other one is Twitter was up at 2% uh, as Elon joined the board. Major stories last night, uh, Brainard's comments obviously putting the cat amongst the pigeons, and she said the Fed to shrink balance sheet rapidly as soon as May. They next meet on May the 3rd to the 4th. May is going to be an interesting time all round with the federal election here looking more and more likely that it will be called in the next few days. And also we have the uh, our local banks reporting in May. So uh, that sell in May and go away may well be a worthwhile uh, strategy in a month or so's time. The Federal Reserve's Bank, George, says Fed, uh, the rate hike debate must include the balance sheet and the EU to hit Russian investments with new round of sanctions. Macron urges ban of imports of Russian oil and coal. It's all very well for him to say. France gets a lot of its energy from nuclear and sells a lot of its nuclear to its neighbours. So they are obviously one of the winners in all this, don't have the same reliance that Germany has on Russian oil and coal. And the U.S. is planning new sanctions, and Zelensky rebukes the U.N. And the U.S. has stopped Russian government from paying holders of its sovereign debt 600-plus million from reserves that are held in U.S. banks. Yesterday, the RBA leaves policy unchanged as expected, but the statement was seen as more hawkish on the rate outlook. That was the reason why, at 2.30, our market took a little bit of a stumble uh, the ECB's not reiterates backing for policy normalisation put push and Shanghai COVID cases top 13,000 and the authorities have extended the lockdown with a new substrain adding to concerns of the COVID outbreak. We're not living with COVID anymore. We're just ignoring it here in Australia. That is for certain. What to expect today? We got uh, not much on the economic front. We had the big... Um, numbers and the big announcement yesterday from the RBA that it would do absolutely nothing except remove a word, a little patience. So they're losing a little patience. Q slash there. And China March Caixin Services PMI out today as well. Over in Europe, we did see a bit of a mixed session. Stocks 50 down 0.8 of a percent. FTSE up 0.7. CACs down 1.3. DAX down 0.7%. Uh, we're also, obviously, we got 48 points knocked off the SPY. We did have a bit of a knock off the SPY or the index yesterday after that RBA announcement. So we may not be quite as bad as that 48 points. But certainly yesterday, it was all about tech and it was all about selling lithium rare earths and those second line uh, wannabe stocks to some extent and putting money into techs. I suspect today we'll be taking money out of techs. Banks should hold up relatively well. 10-year yields in Australia 2.85, US 2.55, Germany 0.61. That was a bit of a leap for Germany. They were 0.5 I think another a couple of days ago. So banks should hold up relatively well. Industrials too. Uh, we may see a little bit of money flow into the healthcare stocks. But uh, we could see a continuation of that sell down in resources and also those tech stocks on the nose, especially led by Square, 
SQ2. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Big jump for US rates on that Brainard talk yesterday. The next FOMC is May 3-4. And last night, West Farmers sold 28.2 million shares of Coles, which was 2.1% of the issued share capital. It's the third block trade sell-down since it demerged and it floated Coles in 2018. It doesn't seem that long ago they floated Coles. But it is now four years. Uh, the deal was done through Baron Joey, I believe, $17.75 a share, which was a 1.8% discount to the close. So clearly there's a little bit of demand for those defensive assets there. Crown facing a $100 million fine as new watchdog gets tough. And IGO uh, is uh, looking to sweeten the Western Areas deal. A lot has changed in the nickel market since IGO launched its, uh, I think it's 336 sent bid for WSA and the independent expert came out yesterday and basically said that it wasn't enough. Show me the money. So IGO is looking to sweeten the deal, maybe up to four bucks with negotiations underway. And talking of sweetening the deal, Perpetual will need to sweeten the deal for Pendle as well. Uh, Many differences there between the cultures of two big fund managers. Uh, People uh, have different uh, attitudes, ideas and different styles and the Pendle people may not want to work for Perpetual. So uh, that is certainly going to be hard to put... uh, Humpty together in that respect, so it may require more money and more talking to staff about those cultures. And Woolies, the CEO from the South African company, Woolies, not local Woolworths, uh, has flown in to discuss the sale of David Jones. Question of the day today, is the RBA asleep at the wheel? I think I've probably asked this one before, but it's still worth asking again. Is the RBA asleep at the wheel? Has it become a little bit too political? I thought they might actually raise rates yesterday. Uh, in order to send a message to the market that they were serious about inflation and also the fact they weren't political in terms of uh, putting the rate rise in, modest as it would have been uh, before the election was called. Now, of course, they are stymied in May in terms of putting rates up. So it could be that they'll have to wait till June to put rates up. If they don't raise in May, that again is, is considered political because that does help the incumbents in terms of their economic management theory. So um, interesting times for the RBA, but it does look as if it is a little asleep at the wheel. I'd like to know your thoughts on that one. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas, and insights over there. It's always a great group, 3,500 members. Members helping members is the motto. And if you're looking for more wonderfulness, from Marcus today and streams of consciousness on podcasts and there's the morning meeting podcast on uh, the Marcus strategy uh, stream there's the on the desk podcast where the team in Melbourne talk about all things financial and some of the issues of the day and my on the couch podcast as well where I sit down with CEOs and some of the fund managers and talk a little bit more informally about some of the things that uh, make them who they are. Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening and may the trading gods be with you.